In the name of Jesus, the crucified one, amen. What would you see if you were there 2,000 years ago? What would be before your eyes? The body of a dead Jesus. A lifeless body hanging on a cross. The very Son of God in our human flesh has been killed. And it is a grisly sight. His beard has been pulled out in places, leaving holes in his face. Thorns have been beaten with sticks into his forehead. Blood has run down into his eyes. And not just his eyes, but his whole body covered in blood. He'd been flogged after all. He has nails in his hands and in his feet. And for those hours that he was alive, moving on the cross, the rough wood kept the wounds on his back open. But now he's dead. The bright red blood begins to dull as it dries. There is a fresh wound, a giant hole in his side where new blood and water pours out over the sticky, gory mess. That's what you would see. That's your God. And in Jesus, God has died. That's a reality that we ought to consider each and every day of our lives. God died on the cross for us. That's why we have crucifixes in our sanctuary. That's why we have a giant cross up here to remind us of this day. St. John tells us that all that happened took place to fulfill the scriptures. Scriptures like our Old Testament lesson. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. It fulfilled the scripture, scripture like Genesis 3, when God tells Satan that the offspring of the woman will crush his head 
even as his heel is pierced. It fulfilled the scriptures, scriptures that are even vague, like Joshua conquering the promised land and capturing every king and hanging their body on a tree outside the town walls. It fulfilled the scriptures, scriptures like Deuteronomy 21 that said, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. The death of Jesus is the culmination of the entire Bible. Jesus knew this even as he hung there, suffering, bleeding, dying in agony. He cried out and prayed the Psalms. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 69, I thirst. The death of Jesus, the death of God in Jesus, fulfills the scriptures. The dead body of God hanging on the cursed tree. Why? Why would God write down the scriptures if that's its fulfillment? What kind of a God would kill his only begotten son? Would forsake him on the cross? Why would God do that? The son who was begotten before our world existed. The word of God that brought all that we know into existence. Why? Why would God do such a thing? Because we sinned. Because you sinned. Because I sinned. Because our first parents, Adam and Eve, Sinned because every human being throughout all history except for Jesus sinned. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We all have disobeyed God's word. We all have failed to love God perfectly. And we definitely have not loved one another the right way. We've sinned by what we have done by what we have left undone. With our thoughts, our words, the things that we say, and our deeds, we've sinned. And the wage that we have earned with our sin is death. God told us that before we sinned. 
If you eat from that tree, Adam, if you don't listen to my word, you will surely die. God keeps his word. So death has ruled our world. Every sinner has died. All of them. Adam, Seth, Enosh, Noah, Shem, Abraham, Nahor, Jacob, Isaac, David, Hezekiah, Solomon, Maharshalal Hashbaz, you name it. If he's in the Bible, he died for his sin. And one day, so too will you. You'll die. Unless Jesus comes back first, your body will grow cold and gray and still. Your body will be placed in a tomb, will fall apart, decompose, rot. It will happen because you sinned. It's what sin earns. It's what sin deserves. Picture your death. I know it's uncomfortable to do so. I know we like to avoid thinking about that reality, but it's coming. Not only do we try to not think about it and put it out of our minds, but we try to talk ourselves out of the reality by self-justifying ourselves. It won't be too bad for me because I'm healthy and exercise. It won't be too bad for me because I know I'm at least better than most other people. I only sin because my life circumstances have been so difficult, because my parents have raised me wrong, because the moment was right for what I did. God will understand when I die. It'll be okay. We self-rationalize, but that doesn't take care of our sin. It doesn't stop our death. We even try to bargain with God, don't we? 
I was born in this church, baptized in this church, married in this church, confirmed in this church. God will understand my shortcomings. I've been confirmed Lutheran for years. I give huge amounts to the church. I serve on boards and committees. I donate to missions. Will that stop your death? Bargaining with God? No. You still will die. Your sin will kill you. God doesn't care how long you've been a confirmed Lutheran or how much you give or what you do. God knows there's only one solution for your sin. the death of Jesus. The death of God's only begotten Son. Good Friday. That's the way your sin can be handled. The bloody dirty, grisly cross of our Lord. The smell of dead flesh, poured out blood. The mocking of the crowd, the laughing of the Pharisees. The quick funeral, placing the body in the tomb. God does that to forgive your sin. It's the only way. It's your only hope. The blood poured out on Good Friday was poured out for you. The punishment that Jesus suffered was the punishment you deserved. But God would not let you pay that punishment that sentence would not be carried out against you, but instead carried out against Jesus. Jesus lets himself die so that death is not your end. Jesus lets himself die so that your death can be temporary. Do you understand that? Do you understand how key, important, precious, wonderful what Jesus does on the cross is for you? 
He pays the penalty for your sin. Don't avoid thinking about the crucifixion of Jesus. Don't self-justify it away from your life. Don't bargain it away, telling yourself how deserving you are. Don't circumvent it with your own words. See the dead body of your God hanging on the cross and know that God did it for you so that you might live. And so you shall. Because Jesus died, you live. You live free from sin, meaning it is no longer your master. You are not its servant. It has no power over you. It has been defeated by the death of Jesus. You are free to stop self-justifying, free to stop comparing yourself to others, free to love God for all he's done for you, free to love your fellow Christians the way Jesus has loved you. Free from trumpeting your own good before God while ignoring your own sin or placing it upon those you're angry at. You're free even from the fear of death. Death isn't final. Death isn't your end. It wasn't for Jesus either. In just a few short hours, beginning tomorrow evening, we will celebrate the reality of life given by God. The dead body of Jesus that we picture hanging on the cross now, God raises from the dead. Jesus is not dead right now. He's alive. He's been alive for 2,000 years and will be alive world without end. Just as he always has been, so shall he always be. Resurrected. And because he's resurrected, so too shall you be. He is the firstborn of all of those who sleep the sleep of death. Where he goes, we shall follow. We'll pass through death and into eternal life. He's gone to prepare a place for us. Many mansions await. And the heavenly wedding feast of God and his bride in heaven. The finest of foods. The best of wine. And joy. And peace. And catching up. Today, we look to the cross of Jesus, the death of Jesus.
And we know that what he does, he does for you. But our eyes don't stop there. We look ahead to the resurrection. By the wounds of Jesus, you are healed. By the resurrection of Christ, you are made alive. By the washing of water in the word, you're clothed with Christ's righteousness. By eating the body and blood of Jesus, the living resurrected body and blood, your sins are forgiven. By hearing the word, the Holy Spirit calls you, gathers you, sanctifies you, and makes you Christian. God saves you. Jesus is your only hope. He is your salvation. In the name of Jesus, amen.